This is Season 2 of the Balls Deep Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Balls Deep Fantasy Football Podcast. I am AZ, here with Stinky Pinky. How you doing, Chris? AZ, I'm feeling good. Ready for another week of fantasy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm feeling hot. I'm feeling spicy. I'm feeling like I got a big L last week. Yeah. Yes, you did. I joined the club. I'm in the winless category, so I don't know what to say. But... I at least got one dub on the record sheet so far, but man... Things are in a downward trend, had some <laughs> issues, but we will definitely be getting into those later on in the show. And actually, it's probably going to happen fairly quickly because we want to get into waivers. And holy, there was a lot of waivers, and busy, there were some week, pretty yeah. big waivers as well. There was. So how about we get right into it? Um, Wayne Gallman. Uh, I think everybody probably assumed that was going to be the number one waiver pick yeah. in fantasy this week. Um Saquon Barkley goes down, high ankle sprain, he gets an MRI, still looking like a high ankle sprain, so that's good that it's not something that's going to end his season or his career or whatever it might be, Yeah. Um, but he was my first overall pick this year, and that really does hurt, but Wayne Gallman seems to be the guy that would come in and have be the main guy, uh, there's not really much else like competition-wise there, um, and Fraser got him for 44 fab. Yeah, so should be out. Saquon should be out six to eight weeks, apparently, according to what they say about a high ankle sprain and the severity of this one. So that that's like a that's a long time. Wayne Gallman right now, he looks like the main guy. Who knows if they'll bring in uh, some veteran presence? I saw Ben picked up a Jai off of waivers, just hoping maybe he'll get someone else out there, get some production. He's gonna be a starting running back for a couple weeks, as that's what it looks like. That's valuable for sure. He's not going to be Saquon. He's not Saquon. He's not as good. No, and the thing is, in the past, when there's been an injury in the Giants' backfield, Gallman has been the guy to step up and play relatively well. But it's a new season. It's a new year. And just as you were saying, there's like rumors going around that they're going to pick up some other running back, and it might not just be Wayne Gallman, which is why I think the 44 Fab for Fraser is not obscene, but for a player that potentially... I think he was a trap this week, or a trap for the future, because if they pick up a guy like Jay Ajayi, who, again, is just a free agent right now, um, yes, Ben did pick him up. I did want to try and get Ajayi, and he got him, like, 14 minutes before me. I was well, not was happy. Then. Um, but I have concerns that Gallman is not going to be, like, the guy like he has been in the past when an injured okay. running back has gone down in, uh, for the Giants. That being said, if he is the guy, I'm kind of projecting him to be, I'd say, mid-range RB2. For, yeah, so what do you think his average points per week would be? I'd say like 10. Okay, That's so gonna be my guess. I, even I was thinking more like 11.5 to 13 okay. points a week, which is still, again, yeah, like that's a guy that you can put in your starting lineup and feel good. Um, again, it's just the concern over if he actually is going to be the guy like he has been in the past when a running back has gone down. Um, and 44, that's, that's a huge percentage. That is a and big... if it doesn't work out, it's not looking good, but... Fraser's he went for it. I appreciate him going in, and there was a lot of other bids on it. I know I bid twenty one. Um, did you bid on Gallman? Yeah, I forget. I was somewhere in the twenties. I think. Yeah, I I'd, knew I wasn't getting him. I started at thirty, and I went down to twenty six. Went down to twenty five. Went back to twenty six. Then went down to twenty one, and I was like, I don't probably am not going to get him. I don't want to. Like, I'm already low on fat with my big accu. Acquisitions? Acquisitions? What is it? <laughs> Acquisition. Wow. Thank you, Chris. That's why you're here, because <laughs> when I say shit like that. Um, I w- so I was didn't want to spend too much, put enough in there, but yeah, Fraser really went for it, and he got the 44 on him. Yeah, if he is the starting running back for eight weeks, I think 44 can be worth it. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, this is going to be one that we kind of see play out. It's the biggest spend in a while. Biggest one that I can think of since Latavius Murray by Steve wow. 81, like two years ago. Unreal. Worst pick. Um, but yeah, we'll go on past Gallman here. Um, the next big one was Philip Dorsett to you yep. for 18. Yep. How do you feel about that pickup? Uh, I feel pretty good. Um, anytime Antonio Brown hasn't been on the field, Philip Dorsett's been super involved. He's looking good this year. 
18 fabs, it's a decent amount of money, but Patriots offense looks fantastic. I think they're going to keep moving the ball well. I think he's going to be worth it. So I'm, I'm happy I got him. For sure. I actually put a $15 fab bid oh, on you were him. Close so then. yeah, okay. exactly. You did yeah. not way overpay for him by any means. And exactly what you said. When Antonio Brown was not there, Dorsett has been putting up great numbers. And I think that's an awesome pickup. Who knows how consistent it'll be, but so far, it's it's been good for Philip Dorsett. So it's, yeah. a, it's a good pickup, I think. Thank you. Um, I also he I think he was like the 14th ranked wide receiver um, like out of so everybody far so season. far on the season and again on the uh, on the waiver wire that's a great great job there yeah it's tough to see because he has played in the for the Patriots I think this is his third year now he hasn't done much up to this point so who knows if he can continue it it is early in the season but I'm I'm hopeful I think it was worth the risk yeah for sure uh, the next one is Daniel Jones 16 oh. to Taylor that guy. He, they were, oh, when he was drafted, not in the fantasy draft, but like in the actual NFL draft, the Giants were getting absolutely torched. Like, yes, who is this were. guy? Who is this nerd from Duke? He can't play football. Who goes to Duke to play football? You go to there to play basketball. Did he get the wrong sport? <laughs> and he really is putting a silence to all the haters right now. Put up a, a very good week. Two rushing touchdowns. Was it two passing touchdowns Yeah, as so well? four total, yeah. And so... It does kind of help him that Saquon went out early, so those rushing touchdowns happened for him. Regardless, excellent first week by the rookie. Yeah, for sure. Every time we've seen Daniel Jones on the field so far in the NFL, he's looked fantastic. He has another easy matchup this week, so if he can continue and just keep it rolling, I think it's fine. 16 fab is, is still a decent amount for quarterbacks, but from what I've seen this year, people seem to be paying for quarterbacks, so I don't think it's out of the range of... Uh, I don't think it's overpay by any means. Yeah, it's not an outrageous overpay. I think it's a little bit of one because it's the quarterback position, but it's not outrageous. Yeah, I think uh, it's worth a shot, especially if you can keep doing it on the ground. That makes him super valuable with those rushing yards too. If the offense can continue to move, that being said, it was Tampa Bay, but they have Washington this week, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, and he actually is an underappreciated athlete, again, like player from Duke. Like he's probably not gonna be that good of an athlete. There's videos of him in high school dunking the ball in game. So he clearly, obviously, height matters, but like still, yeah, that shows even athlete, in yeah. high school, he's an athlete. He can get up there. So there's actually a lot of potential here for Jones, and I we'll see what happens with Taylor because he needs some help right now. Yeah, he does. Um, the next one was Will Disley, thirteen fab to Andrew. Yeah, so Andrew made a couple points. I um, I had Will Disley on my uh, my radar as well. I tried to get him. I didn't pay as much as Andrew. So some of the points he kind of talked about, I think I kind of remember most of them, but he was saying, so he has George Kittle on by this week. He yeah. needs a replacement. For sure, it makes sense. George Kittle hasn't really been performing all that well this year. I think it'll improve, but he wanted to get a little bit of safety there. Will Disley's been getting a ton of targets all year. Uh, had a great week last week. Good season so far. He looks good. Yeah, they're playing Arizona in the yeah, exactly. matchup coming Arizona. up, which is a great matchup Nobody's there. been able to stop Arizona. You mean Arizona tight hasn't end. been able to stop anybody? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Arizona hasn't been able to stop any tight end. Yeah. Sorry. And then in they don't really have a lot of red zone options. Was another point that Andrew brought forward. Because he, he kind of expected us to torch him, to rip him for spending this much fab on Will Disley. So he preemptively sent us messages being like, okay, this was my game plan. This is why I did all of these things. Yeah, it makes him really soft. For, it, for sure. Like he didn't want to just take the torching, but... It's honestly his points are all very valid. Like, yeah, I was, wasn't I wasn't gonna torch him until he made that comment. So now I think you're soft, Andrew, because I didn't think it was a bad pickup. I tried to get him. Yeah, and even to go deeper with his analysis of why he went deep on Disley was because Steve needed a tight end and he spends fab like an idiot per quote from Andrew. And Danny was also trading Hawkinson with no backup. So he assumed that there was going to be a lot of people going for Disley. So he went and put a little extra fab in there. And it worked out for him because he got his guy. And it sounds like you were going for him as well. Yeah, I was. So he got him. I don't know if Steve and Danny were. I'm assuming they probably were as well. But yeah, he got him. So good for you, Andrew. I hope it works out for you. Great. Um, Next one was Daryl Williams, 13 to you again. So now how do you feel about this pick, Chris? So this one, I'm not feeling quite as good about it. I I wouldn't. Oh, thank you, Adam. Appreciate that. So I was trying to get. I needed. I need a flex play this week. I was trying to get either Philip Dorsett or Dan, or Daryl Williams. Um, if D'Angelo or Damian Williams doesn't play this week, Daryl Williams is going in for me for sure. Yeah, I want a piece of the Kansas City offense for sure. It is September twenty fifth today, and um, he did not practice. Yeah. Um, 
today. Um, McCoy was also limited at practice with an ankle issue. What I think is just Daryl Williams was a pickup for last week, not for this week. That's just kind of my thoughts on it. But yeah. it does definitely bode better for you. Um, that's I mean, I'm struggling today. Um, Damian Williams. Damian Williams did not practice. So that does definitely help your case for taking him. But I just think 13 is a lot for a guy that is... He's a rental he's, for he's, one yeah, or two weeks. Exactly. A yeah. rental for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. More than fair. Um, hindsight, probably a bit too expensive, but... He's on my team. Hopefully it works out for me. Yeah. Um, then we can move on to Dawson Knox, 11 to Steve. So there's that tight end situation where Steve needs a tight end. He goes after Dawson Knox. He's the Buffalo Bills tight end. Um, he made some plays last week, and it's looking like it's low basement, high ceiling potential for this guy. Not a huge amount of like offensive weapons in Buffalo, so maybe this guy's going to be emerging, and this could be a nice pickup. Um, and Steve did need a tight end, so. Yeah, I think um, what I see from Dawson Knox, just so he was a tight end for Ole Miss, he's a rookie for the Buffalo Bills. Um, He was drafted to be more of a a blocking tight end. He's not really a a catching tight end. yeah. Yeah, so he's like a big bruiser. That being said, he made some huge plays. I think it was more like a highlight reel thing that really got everyone talking about him. I think this is going to be a bit of a fluky week. I could see him easily putting up zero yards, and he'll get another week of zero yards from his from his tight end. I think that's more likely to happen, yes. Yeah. Um, the next one, I'm going to go into another tight end. Clearly, the league is just searching and scrambling for yeah, tight ends right now. Yeah, it's been wild. And it's Austin Hooper to you for seven, Chris. Hey, Chris, how do you feel about that pickup? This one I feel much better. Um, Austin Hooper, in the past, he hasn't been that great. He had a great week last week with two touchdowns, but the reason I got him was because he has a bunch of targets. He's averaging seven targets a week, I think, around there, six, seven targets a week at the tight end position and an offense that I think can score quite a bit, especially through the air. I'm happy to take that risk. I wanted to get out of the Jared Cook situation. He's not doing well for me. Will Disley was my first choice. Austin Hooper was my second. I ended up getting Hooper. There you go. I think this is Hooper's third team now. Started on mine. I think Danny oh, picked him up later, and then now he's on your team. Welcome to the So, group. yeah, he's one it's of those guys. Hooper. Yeah, he, he joins the squad, disappoints you, and then gets dropped. So we'll see what happens this time. But you're right. He actually is getting targeted a fair amount. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a better situation than uh, Jared Cook for sure. So that's actually a pretty nice pickup, and I think seven is a decent amount for that guy. Um, and then we had the Pittsburgh defense for four to Taylor. I don't really have too much to say about this one. It's a, a, just a little bit of a defense pickup, only four fab, nothing too crazy. Yeah, they, they are, looked good last week. Yeah. My apologies. They are playing Cincy, potential for turnovers. Um, it's not like they're exploding the score sheet this year. Um, so, yeah, like I think it's a pretty good streamable defense this year, yeah. this week. Couldn't agree more. Um, next one is Preston Williams for three fab to Alex. Yeah, so you know I'm a fan, especially, I mean, you know I'm a fan of Preston Williams. Oh, absolutely. You've been talking, all the preseason, you're just talking this guy up a lot, and yeah, he's been making some very highlight reel plays in that preseason, he's looked pretty good this week, oh, sorry, this week, this season. Um, three fab, it's a, a nice pickup, I have him in my Dynasty League, I snagged him from you in the last round. You did, yeah. And uh, I've been happy with him, I'm starting him in my Dynasty League, it's 14 teams, so it's a little bit deeper, but... Um, if you're looking for help, I think he's a pretty good option. Yeah, he's not a bad player, and he's the number one option, I think, right now in Miami. It's between him and Devontae Parker, but Devontae Parker isn't catching the ball. He so. drops the ball a lot. Exactly. So focusing on this guy, a team that's going to be behind a lot, hopefully there's a connection between him and Rosen, and he gets better. Three fab is A-OK. For sure. Uh, the next one is the Panthers defense for three to Andrew. What a homer pick. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the the Panthers fan takes the Panthers defense. They're probably going to be shit. Um, do you know who they're playing this week? I actually didn't even look it up. I'm not sure. Um, who cares? Whatever. It's three fab defense. Probably streamable. I, I'm sure it's a decent matchup. They probably matchup, got a good matchup. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can quick check. Yeah, take, check, take a quick look here. They're playing Houston. All right, okay, never mind. That's, See, I don't know. They're, that's a high-powered offense. Well, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, so I don't know about that. Maybe he's doing it for another week, week in advance. Yeah. Um, but sure, three five for the defense. Not not going to kill you. That's fine. Yeah. Next, we had Jacoby Brissett going to Nolan for two fab. He's looked pretty good. He looks fine. Um, he's going to be a low end tight end, like a kind of a sh- like sixteen to you twelve. Get, you keep messing up this tight end quarterback situation. Wow, T- T.J. Hawkinson, yeah, with, uh, Stafford last week. Yes, I do. Yeah, that's okay. We all know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think he's like a low end quarterback option, but. 
the offense in general has looked pretty good. He's playing well, so maybe he keeps improving. Put yeah, he's, points. he's about like 20 points a game type of a quarterback. A that's guy that's like fine. very consistent. He's not going to probably win you any weeks, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be a guy that's going to lose you any weeks either. He's just solid. Indeed. Um, I got a kicker for one fab, Sly. He actually is the number one kicker on the season. Oh, um, that's why I was bouncing him between zero and one. I ended up just going with the one. And I'm an idiot. I wasted a fab on a kicker. Fuck me. <laughs> I did that too with uh, Dallas's kicker. Yeah. All they do is score touchdowns. It's very <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the last one was New Orleans State's defensive Taylor for zero fab. Uh, good job, Taylor, yeah, with good the defense. Way to be. Yeah. Um, some interesting <laughs> free agents pickups was uh, Tony Pollard to Brandon. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good free agent pickup. I think it is too. Like if anything happened, I think he saw what happened to Saquon and wanted to jump ahead and not have to spend like forty four fab on Tony Pollard later in the season. Yeah, just keep him on his bench in case something happens to Zeke. So yeah, it's a pretty good pickup. And then uh, Ben. He had he had picked up Corey Davis, but then he dropped Corey Davis to get Jay Ajayi, which is a much better pickup. I was gonna rip him for taking Corey Davis. He had an unreal catch last week, and then that was it. Like yeah. that's just what he does. He is a great athlete. He can make good plays, but he never will be consistent. Never will really be amazing. So yeah, getting Jay Ajayi instead of him it was the right call then. Yeah, it's worth the risk with Ajayi. I don't think. Yeah, we've seen the best of Corey Davis. It's not great. He's not gonna be consistent. That passing offense is dreadful. So there's no need to have him. Yeah. All right, well, that was a lot of waiver, a lot of free agency, a little bumpy along the way, but we made it through, and guess what? We're going to trades, and holy, there were some trades this week, some yes. some season-changing trades for sure. Yeah, they all happened before we played that week, but after this podcast, yes. it was just like bang, 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 everything kind of came together. It was pre-cottage, everyone getting excited, I don't know what happened, but there's tons of movement. And so, so the first one that we're going to talk about is involves you and Fraser. So you sent 15 Fab and Deshaun Jackson to Fraser for Will Fuller. Yes, I did. So a big one for me. Deshaun Jackson, a couple fears with him. So he's obviously he's out with an abdominal strain or groin. It keeps going back and forth, what they're saying, what the issue is. He's going to be out. He missed last week. Looks like he's missing this week as well. My fear with keeping Deshaun Jackson was with a groin issue, he's a burner. He needs his speed. If he can't go full tilt, he's not going to be nearly as effective. I realize Will Fuller is a bit of an injury case as well, but mm-hmm. he's healthy right now. He hasn't been playing very well, so I decided to try and buy him low, and hopefully I can ride that curve back up. Yeah, and that's where the 15 fab, I think, is a lot. Like I think Deshaun for Will Fuller, you might not have been able to get that straight up because Deshaun's currently injured and Will Fuller wasn't. But since Will Fuller hasn't had giant games yet, you may have been able to go like one for one on that. Um, I don't know what your negotiations were with Fraser, but I just thought 15 was a little much with a player on top for Will Fuller, who has not performed that much this year, and you know is an injury concern for the future. Yeah, more than fair. A couple people had said the same thing. I think um, Gould was kind of on the same page with that as far as the fab goes, but I just knew I needed a player to play again. Uh, I've been struggling with injuries really badly. I needed someone to put it in my lineup. I've been throwing fab around quite a bit right now. I'm running real low. Yeah, what do you know what your level of fab is currently? No, it's gonna be in like around like the thirty range probably. Ooh, wow, yeah. that is quite low. And actually, you know what? I kinda wanna do a little bit of a fab check right now. Okay. Just to see kind of where the league is at. Because there has been a lot of transactions, so it'll be interesting to see where everybody is. So Danny has eighty three left, so he hasn't really gone too crazy. We have Brandon with forty six still. Um, we have Ben with 98, which is just garbage. Uh, we have Alex with 76. We have Stu with 75. Andrew with 77. We have Steve with 97. And he had that big 50 with uh, trading DK Metcalf away. Yeah. Um, and then we have Fraser with 60 still. So he's still doing great. Uh, myself has 54. Um, Taylor is 69. And then we have Nolan with 81 and yourself with 27. Wow, so yeah. you are actually, you're currently 0-3 and you only have 27 fab. That is a tough situation to be in. Yeah, it's not ideal by any means, but I, I know what I need to do right now is I need to start getting a, a W in the on the board. That means i got to play more aggressive. That's yep. what I'm trying to do. So it's not ideal. I'm going to spend it all now and hopefully something goes my way. Yeah, you're trying to make some plays. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, we'll go on to the next big trade. Um, and it was Steve giving up 18 Fab, <laughs> Mike Thomas, and Marlon Mack. Those are some big name players. Yep. Very and big names. Taylor gives up Russell Wilson, 
Mike Evans, and Philip Lindsay. That is that is season changing players being moved around right there. Yeah, this was huge. Biggest trade I can remember in a while that's been made, for sure. And guess what? Russell Wilson, Mike Evans, and Philip Lindsay either had the best game of their careers or damn near close. We'll get into it when we actually get to the matchups here, but just because of that, Taylor. We got an early pull the trigger on this episode this week, and Taylor definitely deserves it. He even voted himself into it. He's like, can I just nominate myself for pull the trigger? And we're like, yes, absolutely you can. Because just completely, Mike Thomas and Marlon Mack had around 10 to 15 points, like each of them, last week. And yeah, Russell Wilson was like 43 or 47. Mike Evans was like 37. Philip Lindsay was over 30. It was just stupid and of course it happened right when Steve played me again we'll get into that a little bit later but Taylor so far is just absolutely getting dominated in this trade yeah it's rough Uh, Taylor is 0-3 as well right now at this point in the season that would have clearly given him the win if he kept all three of those players he would have been at one and two wins are huge in this league you got to get them whenever you can to lose one like that just out of your grasp it hurts yeah that's tough yeah again it's this is not just oh i lost this week that sucked they they didn't do that well like this is like honestly like season changing for both these teams it is yeah for sure um that being said i don't project that through for these players um there's some obviously some issues with the teams uh russell wilson like that team was down all game that was garbage time constantly Mike Evans was trying to be covered one-on-one for whatever reason by a shit defense. So they just hyper-targeted him. He was super effective. Philip Lindsay, I think, is just going to have these games sometimes, but it's also going to be Royce Freeman sometimes. So See, it's not like he's everywhere. I think that the change is with Philip Lindsay. Before the trade happened, yes, I would agree with what you just said there. But now, okay, there was a new coaching staff coming in to start the year. Philip Lindsay had to restart from last year, like clean slate. And he's one of those guys, he doesn't really seem that... Like empowering doesn't seem like he's going to be that amazing, but when you actually give him the ball, he performs very well. Last year he was just an absolute star, and I think now he's really starting to show the coaches now going into week four that he is way better than Royce Freeman, and he needs to get in the ball more. And especially after his performance last week, I think moving forward, Philip Lindsay's going to get the ball way more than Royce Freeman, and that has now shifted. So I think that's yeah, why it's, right. it's a big deal. I agree he's the better running back, so you might be right. We'll kind of see. It's hard to see in the mind of coaches and the coaching staffs in general, but from whatever I've seen on the field for the past two years, Philip Lindsay 100% has been the better back. No question in my mind. For sure. Um, Mike Thomas, still an absolute elite wide receiver, downgrade with the quarterback situation, um, but I think he's going to be, again, he was around 10, 15 points. I think he was at like 11 or something last week, and now who knows moving forward I don't see a high ceiling for Mike Thomas anymore but Marlon Mack I think is gonna be very very solid yeah Marlon Mack has been a good player just in general I think when Andrew Luck left everyone really kind of plummeted on Marlon Mack everyone's really down on that offense in general he's been fantastic Jacoby Brissett's been a surprise so I have no doubts on Marlon Mack as long as he can stay healthy he's obviously suffering a bit with a calf injury I think right now but if he's staying on the field he's gonna be super effective that running game is incredible absolutely I agree um, and then we have one more trade here. Another one with a lot of pieces this moving around. Bomb, yeah. We have Brandon trading Emmanuel Sanders, Damian Williams, Melvin Gordon, and Terry McLaurin to Ben for Golden Tate, Todd Gurley, and Kenny Galladay. Huge, huge movement. Again, first round picks flying around everywhere this week. It's crazy to see. It's exciting to see. I love when our league is this active. It's fantastic. But you can kind of see Ben's attempt here. He wants to lock up the Chargers' backfield and the Chiefs' backfield, which are two very, very high-powered rushing offenses. So it's good to see that he's just hedging his bets on these two. I was kind of talking to Ben about it this weekend. I'm like, when you do that, you limit your upside. Then we talked about it a bit. He had 197 points in Week 1. His upside is already up there. He doesn't need to worry about upside. Yes. He is just securing in a fantastic team by doing this. Yeah, exactly. His depth now is incredible. Um, And... 
yeah, like Golden Tate, he hasn't played yet. We don't know what he's going to look like in this Giants offense. Is it going to be Evan Ingram and Shepard still dominating? Is Golden Tate going to kind of take over a little bit more there? It's still a lot of question marks with that player. Todd Gurley, who knows how much they're going to consistently use him. They've been trying to rotate through those running That's backs. A big question mark. And then with yeah. Kenny DeGalde, he's been pretty solid this year as well. Yeah. So, like, it's guys that are, like, solid, good players – but he's getting a really big package, especially with the news now that Melvin Gordon might be returning earlier than a lot of people expected. This is trade is looking even better for Ben because of that Melvin situation. Yeah, that with all that coming together, I 100% agree. If I'm the Chargers, I'm going to be pounding the ball to Melvin Gordon because you know you're not going to keep him anymore. Use up whatever you can out of the guy. If I'm Melvin Gordon, I'm playing my ass off so I get a better contract next year. For sure. So it's just showing I think he's, uh, he's going to be set up for a great season when he comes back. And obviously Austin Eckler is going to take a plummet. It doesn't matter because he's just going to replace him with Gordon. He's going to upgrade, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I was actually surprised that Brandon gave up Terry McLaurin. Yeah, it me seemed too. like he was pretty high on him. He had him in a couple of leagues that we have with him. And he just let him go here for Kenny G and Golden Tate. It just didn't really seem that it would be worth it. He was one of those players. He was on the waiver wire for the first week. He had a really good first week. He was definitely on my radar just to kind of watch, but he was not a guy I wanted to pick up. He's showing that he is that number one wide receiver option in Washington, and he seems to be doing very well. He's an excellent rookie wide receiver. Yeah, he looks fantastic out there, and people keep saying, like, oh, maybe he'll get better when Dwayne Haskins gets in the game. I don't think he'll get better. Just from what I've seen, like, Terry McLaurin's been fantastic with Case Keenum. I don't think you can expect any better. There's been tons of passing yards for Case Keenum. He's top five in passing yards in the league. Just because the team shit doesn't mean that their passing offense is. Yeah. They're moving very, very well. Terry McLaurin's looking fantastic out there. I think he's a great, great pickup, a great addition to Ben's team. For sure. Um, so those were the trades that, again, crazy big trades that happened last week just before the games after the podcast that we did so we had to go with those ones there's no trades that really affected this upcoming week there was nothing that happened but no nothing probably since. because all the madness happened just before last week yeah and we'll see maybe something will happen again after the podcast we don't know but i think people are like okay we got these big ones out of the way let's see what our teams can do now absolutely um so let's get back into our recap of last week week three of the fantasy season and we'll start off with my matchup here Gallup miles to hide from brown that which is my team 105.74 points got over that 100 mark and then trudeau's blackface which is steve's team he has had a name change jesus and, controversial yeah, controversial <laughs> um he finishes with 134.44 points getting that win off of the back of those three players that we have already talked about. And because of that... Maybe you should pull the fucking trigger. This is a double pull a trigger episode. It was just too much of me getting absolutely screwed over. This is one of those weeks where... There's a, it's like a, there's a nice pop fly, bottom of the ninth inning, two outs. The game's going to be sealed up. This is going to be an easy win for me. All of a sudden, Taylor comes in with a drone, grabs the ball out of the air, slams it down. His drone explodes. I lose the game, and Steve oh, wins. Jesus. It was just an absolute disaster. So Taylor and I both get to pull the trigger this week. And really, Steve's team, besides those three players had a combined 27.1 points. Oh my god. Literally, if you just take out those players, those three players, 27.1 points for the rest of the squad. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Again, there was game scripts clearly played in Steve's favor that I was kind of talking about already before. Um, I don't expect Russell Wilson to keep doing that. Like 406 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, 51 rush yards, and two rush touchdowns. He clearly just put his team on, on his back. That last touchdown was completely ridiculous, too. I don't know if you saw it. I honestly didn't even watch at that point. Okay, so there was one second left in the game. The team was down 33-20, to 20, and they were still trying to throw a touchdown. It was a penalty that gave them one last play with no time left on the clock, and then they threw a touchdown to get that. Well, I don't know if that would have... No, it, it still no, wouldn't have no, made a difference. No, no, it but. wouldn't have made a difference. He still beat me by, like, 30 points. Yeah. But it's just... It feels awful. Yeah, I'm sure it does, Adam. And it, you can see this team is completely turned around. It's... A completely different team than the one that we talked about last week so projecting them forward we'll kind of talk about it, what we expect for next week out of them but it's just it's a different team it completely for, for sure like I had Dak still go for 26.54 points it's a very good week for the quarterback 
Um, but then Saquon going out very early, leaving me with 3.7 points. At least he didn't leave me with a goose. But again, he's going to be gone until probably week 12 because there are buys in week 11. They're probably going to hold him out past that bye week is what people are saying right now. So it's just not a good situation. And then yeah. unfortunately, my boy, John Ross III, um, he let me down as well with only 22 receiving yards and a fumble. So just not, I didn't have the big performances that I needed. Again, over 100 points, 105.74, but not enough to get it done. It can beat some guys, but you, I can't expect a win with that performance. It just sucks that I probably would have beat Steve, almost guaranteed, if he didn't make that trade. Yeah, for sure. How are you feeling about Darren Waller, though? So he got you 134 receiving yards, 7 rush yards, 14.1 points. I absolutely love it. He's looking fantastic. Yeah, I feel there. very fortunate, especially as we went over all of the tight end waiver claims that happened this week. Like, I feel very happy that I was able to get him off the of free agency just before week one started, before he even had to play to snap and he's been performing well but last week really really good performance they clearly love this guy there's not a huge amount of receiving options in Oakland and he's definitely kind of their guy it seems like yeah he looks fantastic out there he's been a great pickup so props to you for that one I'm just taking a look at um, our Duke Johnson slash Carlos Hyde bet I keep falling further and further behind yes I'm looking like I'm in a lot of trouble that being said Carlos Hyde 10 carries for 19 rush yards isn't very uh Exciting. He that had a rush that touchdown. touchdown is all that matters. <laughs> 7.9 points is fine. You can take it. He kind of balanced it out there, so that's good. Yeah. Um, so we were talking, talking about how Steve needs you know some help at the tight end position. He had Jimmy Graham going for zero. He had him in his flex, and then he had Vance McDonald in his tight end position getting one point. Oh, so this geez. is the kind of team that we're working with here. This is garbage. I'm getting more mad the more <laughs> I look at his damn roster. This is dumb. <laughs> It's a different roster now. Props to Steve for making that trade and, and getting a win. I think he's the worst 2-1 team, if I'm honest. But Absolutely. He's still 2-1. I'm 0-3. I have nothing else to say. Yeah. Not, All so. right. Let's, uh, I think we're good to move on to our next matchup sure. here, which is Cooking into Woods, Getting Chubby versus Bolt Gang. Cooking into Woods and Getting Chubby is you. 97.76 points. Could not break that 100-point marker. No, I couldn't, unfortunately. And then the Bolt Gang, it wouldn't have mattered. 140.42 points. Just an absolute excellent week. Second highest scoring team on the week. And... He had Phillip Rivers only for 23. He had Chris McCaffrey, though, for 24. And, woo, Keenan Allen, 183 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns, and three rush yards for 30 points. What an unbelievable performance by Keenan Allen. This is Bolt Gang, and he lives and dies off him. He's definitely living off him right now. Yeah, for sure. Keenan Allen is getting, like, insanely hyper-targeted by Phillip Rivers. If he can stay healthy, he's going he's gonna to soar this year because the offense is clearly focused on him. They're not playing very well. They're playing from behind a lot. They're one and two team. They could be zero and three very easily. They should have lost to the Colts week one, except yes. for Vinatieri's punt or field goal misses. Yeah. So they're not playing that well as a team. That being said, Keenan Allen, I think, is the number one wideout on the season so far. He looks fantastic. He's super involved. Another thing that I was really frustrated with was so I have the Packers defense. So we had two turnovers deep in. Who were they playing? They were playing Denver. Had a deep in Denver's um, side of the field, and Aaron Jones gets both of the touchdowns off of the turnovers that I got for him. So I was like, shit, shit, because he didn't <laughs> even have that many yards. He had 19 rushing yards, but he had two rushing touchdowns. And to like, make it clear, so Alex has Aaron Jones. Yeah. So yes, that would be extremely frustrating. It was terrifying. And then also, just want to quick bring up Sterling Shepard, who had 100 receiving yards, a touchdown, 21 rush yards, and a two point conversion. Props to you for throwing him in your starting lineup. Trusting it because he hasn't been that good yet this year. When Daniel Jones came in, they had a great connection. He looks fantastic right now. Absolutely, yeah. It is looking really good. It'll be interesting when Golden Tate comes back, as I mentioned before. Yeah, it will be. But he is a guy that's been there longer. Golden Tate has not been in that system yet. So I think Sterling Shepard still has the upper hand there. And, yeah, like now with Daniel Jones, it's looking pretty good for Shepard. So that's a nice grab because, remember, last week he made that trade to get Shepard. And I think it was for the 15 fab, and it's looking really good right now. It really is, yeah. Good for foresight on that one. Um, and then you had Nick Chubb doing fine for you, 13.1 points. Um, but, again, that Jared Cook situation, seven receiving yards. You said, see you later. I need yeah, a better tight end. For sure. Um, and then with Alex on his side there, he also had um, Allen Robinson only for 60 yards. So, like, whatever. You would expect a little bit more against Washington's poor defense. I'm not really high on Allen Robinson, but, again, he had 140 points. Doesn't really matter. Yeah, he had a good week. Calvin really didn't do much for him, but that's okay. Big week. He's happy. 
Good win on you. Props to you, Alex. Good job there. All right. Let's go on to the next matchup, which is Cook Baker Touchdown Maker versus Fornicating Cousins, which is Danny. So Nolan, 102.24 points. And then Danny, 112.12. And guess what that means for Nolan? Nailed it this week. Absolutely flawless. But that means that, Nolan, out of the teams that are still remaining, you are eliminated from the gauntlet competition. So that means Chris, Steve, and Nolan have been eliminated thus far. Yes, Chris had less points than you. I just want to make that very clear. That Chris had less points than you. But of the people that were still in the competition, you had the lowest. So see you later. Cannot win that beautiful goblet. Uh, but let's get into what the players actually did this week. Yeah, for sure. So on Nolan's side, he had Stafford get 14 points. Not what you want, especially when he was trying to play him against Philly's defense. It was a hard thing to do for him, but he couldn't really do much with it. The uh, The Bears' defense had a great performance against Washington. They had 23 points. That's fantastic. Anytime your defense scores for you, it's going to be huge. Nelson Aguilar had two touchdowns, 50 receiving yards. Even with the fumble, he had a great week. I do want to quick just talk about Devontae Adams because he had 5.6 points. He's had one good week out of three now for Nolan's first-round pick. That's a bit scary. Are you concerned at all about Devontae Adams? I, we were talking about it last week. Know, we talked about it a lot. We're like, no, nah, we're fine. We're fine. Everything's good. But it, like his good week, I think it was only like 10 points. Like It was, not, it was over 100 receiving yards. So, yeah, 10.6 is his highest point total in the week or on the season, no touchdowns, that's the problem. Where are the touchdowns? Yeah, it's different, and I don't think Aaron Rodgers is is playing the same. The offense is different. They're trying to run the ball more. Obviously, Aaron Jones has a ton of touchdowns. This looks different, and it has taken away the stability of Devontae Adams. I still think he has that upside, but his floor, like he was last year, he was he was unstoppable last year. He was just so consistent. That's not going to be there anymore. Yeah, I, I so... I'm still going to say that I'm not concerned, but I'm just readjusting his floor, clearly. Yeah, readjusting his floor, for sure. That's more than fair. And James Conner, he's he's scary. I think he's still had better, he's going to have better days ahead. But with Mason Rudolph, that offense does not look good. He is, he is the one quarterback who didn't really perform very well. That was new this week. And that makes it scary because the offense clearly now has to focus on James Conner. Or sorry, defense is going to focus on James Conner as part of the offense. Yeah. Last year they had to worry about Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Ben Roethlisberger. He was kind of like a the last guy to worry about. Yeah. Now that's not so much the case because Mason Rudolph can't get the ball to Juju very well, and that's going to mean that James Conner is going to be the focus of the defense. For sure. And then on Danny's side, he did have Leonard Fournette not reaching over that 10-point mark, but he did have Alvin Kamara, 28.1 points, 69 rush yards, one rush TD, 92 receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown. So, again, we were thinking possible downgrade with the quarterback situation. Kamara is definitely the beneficiary so far because they know that he's probably the best player on the field. Maybe Mike Thomas is, but regardless, Alvin Kamara, best player on the field. Get him the ball, and it's working out really well there for Kamara, at least. Um, And then he also had the Patriots defense versus the Jets go for 23 points. Um, One thing I do want to mention with this matchup, it was super interesting because Nolan, at one point, the Bears defense, when they had the shutout, had 40 points, which put him over the top, which is actually beating Danny. And then they scored a little bit. They scored a little bit more. Dropped it down to 23 points for the Bears defense, which is still amazing. You're getting 23 points from your defense. That's incredible. They had a touchdown, four sacks, three interceptions, two fumbles. But they just, if they just held them out of the end zone a little bit longer, Nolan may have gotten this win, but unfortunately couldn't carry him through to that win. Still, 23 points in the defense is impressive. Not quite enough to save him. Yeah, Danny, having the Patriots defense get up 23 points, so that's a few weeks in a row now that they've been the MVP of his team, turning out to be probably the best pick he made was the Patriots defense. Yeah, because I kind of... I didn't talk smack about it, but I was a just bit, not, yeah. a little bit. Like I, was, yeah. I, I felt it was a little dumb having the two defenses and two wide receivers. Um, two quarterbacks, you mean? Sorry, yes. Yeah. No, I'm messing it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, the two quarterbacks and the two defenses. Thought it clogged up his roster, but clearly, yeah, that Pat's defense is working out very well for him. All right. So let's move on. We'll do uh, Scantling Cloud, which is Stu's team versus Goff and Cold Madison, which is Gould's team. So Gould took the win here, 139.24 points over Stu getting 105.54.
on Stu's team, having a big week from Deshaun Watson. He kind of bounced back there, got 31.84 points. He's fantastic. I'm a big Deshaun Watson fan. Zeke Elliott going against Miami. He didn't get in the end zone, but had a ton of yards, which is still stable for him, which is great. Overall, he had an okay week, but it just wasn't enough to beat Gould's roster, which put up 139 points, which is a ton. Yeah, and really what carried him, once again, Dalvin Cook, potentially the best running back in the league right now. Now that that Saquon's out. But even then, Dalvin Cook has definitely looked better this year than Saquon has. I still believe that Saquon's the best player, best running back of this generation. But Dalvin Cook, he's staying healthy. He's absolutely dominating. 110 rush yards, one rush touchdown, and 33 receiving yards. Dude's a monster. I love him. I wish he was on my squad. Unfortunately, he's not. And then... Also, the trade that I made to Andrew, Cooper Cup, 102 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. That is hurting a little bit because it seems like that's going to continue. I've been mulling over how I feel about it because I do need Carlos Hyde now with Saquon being injured. So, again, roster construction situation, but it would be kind of nice to have Cup who's performing very well lately. Yeah, he looks great. He did look great last year too when he was playing with Jared Goff. Obviously, he went down with that torn ACL. I think a lot of people were worried if he was going to come back and be 100% because it was just not a very long timeline to get here. But he looks fantastic out there. He's he's clearly, he looks to me like he's Jared Goff's number one target. I'm seeing Robert Woods kind of go down as Cooper Cup goes up, which is kind of frustrating owning Robert Woods. Yeah. But good for him. Good for, that's a good pickup there. Another player I want to quick talk about there is Juju Smith-Schuster. So he got 81 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown for 14.1 points. Well, that that sounds lovely. Yeah, but it's very, very misleading because he had that one touchdown, which he busted along when it was 76 receiving yards. Yeah, 76 yards for that one. And so that's literally his week. Yeah, 100%. He had five receiving yards on two catches before that. Outside of that, so that's something you can't be very comfortable with. It's nice you got it, but looking in the future, you got to be scared with Mason Rudolph. For sure. Like, there's still definitely some shaky ground there. But that's why I love Juju is because he is one of those players that he needs one play to just break it off and he can save his week. Mm-hmm. Not every player has that in their toolbox. Not every player can get a ball You're right. and take it to the house. Right. Yeah. Juju is one of those players that can do that. So that's why it's nice to have him. But yes, there's definitely a downgrade, even more so than we expected with Mason Rudolph. Right For now. sure, yeah. Curtis Samuel looked really good with Kyle Allen. Kind of the whole passing game in Carolina looked far better. They finally got some passing touchdowns, which is nice for those yeah, players. Yeah, that's definitely a player that I wanted to talk about in this matchup because, yeah. yes, Cam, he couldn't throw the ball. It was it was no, actually sad. Yeah. It was really bad. He did not look like an NFL quarterback out there. Now they have a guy that can actually throw the ball, and these wide receivers that are there are really performing. And things now look brighter for these wide receivers than they did when they had Cam, which I don't think I would have said earlier in the year. Yeah, which it's nice to see... My fear with uh, DJ Moore, so he only had two targets. He busted a long one. Oh, okay. So that was fantastic that he got it, but it does scare me a little bit. Samuel had seven targets. He looked to be the favorite target, so I'm hoping that it kind of can swing back towards DJ Moore because clearly he's a fantastic player, but that's a little bit scary for me if I'm honest. For sure. Um, I think I've talked about everybody from that matchup. Congratulations to Gould for that match. Um, but we'll go on to Golden Girls, which he'll probably have to change his name because he's losing all, losing all the guys from his title with that trade. Yeah, it's but uh, he had a that's Ben. He had one hundred forty two point seven eight points, so another just dominating performance by him. Yeah, against Taylor, who has changed his name to R E L A X Relax, which is a good callback to Aaron Rodgers when they were struggling because um, Taylor <laughs> is absolutely struggling. Zero and three right now. He had one hundred eight point seven eight points. Uh, Ben's monsters that he had was LaShawn McCoy going for 20 points, Mark Ingram for 31 and a half, and then he had um, Amari Cooper going for 20.8. Just excellent week from those players. And then his quarterback, Lamar Jackson, still a 21.28. So just quick, Lamar Jackson, did you see any of that game? Because he threw up two balls that were absolute trash. They should have easily been picked, but Kansas City's secondary is so bad that they were both caught. And kind of kept him in the game. So that's a four-point swing. It's nothing huge. But both of those balls should have been picked off. He's not the passer that he looked like in week one. He's still not there. Yeah, for sure. And But he's still going to be a guy that's going to produce very, very well. 46 rush yards. With oh, yeah. Rush he's, touchdown. His like, floor is so high. Yeah, Couldn't agree like, more. Yeah. Just from those rushes, he has 10 points. Again, that's if like, no passing at all from your quarterback. 10 points. 
it's probably going to hurt you a lot if that's what your score is from your quarterback. But the that's the floor. That's just like what you can deal with and everything else is gravy. And so still, 21 points. That's a decent week for a quarterback. Yeah, not decent, bad at all. Decent to good. And clearly Ben doesn't really need it to be explosion every week. No, not at all. Amari Cooper, again, had a big week for him. 88 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns. He was a guy, before he's been a boomer bust guy, he's been super consistent this year. That Dallas passing offense, it looks fantastic, obviously. So having... Those guys really perform for him has really kind of pushed his team through the loop, especially Mark Ingram too. That rushing offense looks incredible with with Lamar Jackson. So if those guys can just kind of keep it going for his team, he's going to be unstoppable. That's for sure, and that's why going back to the Dallas offense, passing offense being great. It's that's why it sucks even harder that Gallup's out, and now with Brown. Oh yeah, we didn't even, did we even talk about Brown getting cut from his squad. I don't even know if that was from last week or this week, but. Brown no longer with the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, that that's has a huge. major impact, and so at least for my squad. Yeah, that was another so reason I wanted to talk about your pull the trigger because you lost him too. You, yeah, your so first two round picks were gone. Now. Extra pull the trigger. Saquon yeah. gone, AB gone, and then gets dominated by that trade for sure. Um, and then on the other side we have Taylor's squad. Garoppolo eleven points. We had Joe Mixon with fifteen point five. So like there you go. He got it done there he's got been a guy did, that's been yeah. up and down a guy that uh taylor acquired in a trade from steve previously um and then marlon mack the guy that he picked up from steve this time was 14.8 ty lockett 21.4 that's an excellent week for him um but then mike thomas 11.4 so in that range that i had talked about earlier evan ingram is his tight end 17.3 that's an excellent that's job a big one end. to talk about and that's a big one that like he beats Ben's tight end by nearly over 11 points actually that's usually excellent thing to have but when Ben's whole roster is just amazing it's really hard to beat even when you have that advantage at that tight end position yeah there's a couple tough players that just kind of brought his roster down because Stefan Diggs getting only 15 receiving yards who's he has not looked good this year at all no he hasn't I've also heard rumors that he's asking for a trade now I did just read that today and that would I don't know how I feel about that. Like it's hard to say. Receivers switching teams is very difficult, just in general. It's, it seems like he has got a good thing. He's got the Minneapolis miracle there, and like sure they're throwing the ball less, but you got a good team. Like you to get to the playoffs, maybe win a Super Bowl. Like stay with this team, man. I get what you're saying, yeah. But he's had the most receiving yards he's had on the season now is 49. He's having a tough time with it. Clearly, I think I'm on the same page as you. I'm just kind of be a team player, stick it through try and get that championship your team is better when you're running the ball so you kind of just got to work through that your targets i don't think it's going to be this bad all season but who knows with him we'll see what kind of happens there for sure all right shall we move on to the next one there yeah i'm down this will be the last matchup of week three and it is i shower with my socks fraser with 107.6 points versus walking over to Mahomes, which is Brandon for 110.66. Very close week, yeah, 3.6 point difference. And Fraser had David Montgomery playing on that Monday night game. Brandon had nobody. So Fraser needed about a, le- a little over 11 points to get that dub. David Montgomery, 8.1 points. Can't quite put Fraser over the top for that win. And that's got to be pretty devastating for him to be so close. Can't get a touchdown. He had 67 rush yards and 14 receiving yards. Couldn't find the end zone, and that's what burned him in the end. Yeah, that really hurts. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch that game, so I don't know much about it. Did you Did you watch it? I did watch it. I did fall asleep during the fourth quarter. So Interesting. it was so, one of those ones where it was a blowout because of the defense. I'm actually surprised I lasted that long because it was so bad. Yeah. Um, but, again, watching it was crawling back clawing back near the end they got some garbage time stuff but yeah that that was looking over after yeah, the first half early, yeah. for sure and so that can make a difference you it looked good for fraser they're up by so much they'll just run the ball out and like everything will be fine didn't work out for him yeah unfortunately they started to use other people to run the ball i know cordero patterson had some carries and mike davis got in yeah. the, on the field as well it's tough when you're not game script proof in that sense when your team's so far ahead that you're like oh let's kind of protect this guy who's a bit smaller who we want to be the centerpiece of our offense let's just take him off the field which yeah. i can understand but that just hurts for, clearly for fantasy yeah the players that really carried fraser this week were matt ryan and julio jones uh julio had 120 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown and then matt ryan had 28.46 points with over 300 pass yards and three pass touchdowns so that's a good stack it's working out very well for him this year 
um, but just wasn't enough. Everybody else on his team had less than 10 points, except for Derrick Henry with 10.6. Only 44 rush yards, had the one rush touchdown that saved him. Um, So this is one of those things that it's actually surprising Henry did not kill him. We we were expecting a lot of up and down. It's really been only up for Derrick Henry, and then this is his first kind of like middle game. Yeah, yeah, he has looked really good, especially, but kind of he keeps scoring so his floor seems to be pretty high there so good for Frazier there he's been a better player than I projected at this season but I do want to talk about Brandon's team a bit because I kind of mentioned earlier in the season that I didn't think his roster was that good but I thought Patrick Mahomes had the ability to maybe mask that and then kind of bring him up here we are Brandon's 3-0 and and I don't think his team's very good he didn't have very many players he had three players get over 10 points but he has Patrick Mahomes bang 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 constantly just putting up a ton of points and that's what's giving him options like this and that's what keeps giving him wins it's clearly a good pick yes. i don't want patrick mahomes on my team i'm frustrated i don't have him i already talked to brandon about getting him it doesn't look like it'll ever happen but good for him in that sense i'm getting that but it just kind of shows maybe our league undervalued him too much if he's gonna keep doing this for sure and the guy's second year it's like there's people probably assume there's no way you can throw 50 again. He exactly. probably will though. Yeah. Um, the other play that went over was Frank Gore, which that works out for Frank Gore because Devin Singletary's out. When Singletary comes yeah. back, that probably won't last. Yeah, it's gone. And then the other play was Greg Olson. So he had him, he dropped him, he got him again. Now Olson, 75 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns, 19.5 points. That's huge. Lord and Savior, Lord and Savior for Brandon this time. So how dare he? How dare he put some dark, <laughs> evil magic into our Lord and Savior? I'm hoping that. Greg Olson's just holy nature. He's this golden mane, can keep back the dark magic that is Brandon and his soul. But let's hope that it's just this week. And then in the end, Greg Olson powers through and burns Brandon in the end. What I think we need to happen is Greg Olson wins the lottery, decides, you know what? Football's not for me anymore. I'm going to switch <laughs> to coaching. And then he just retires from Brandon's team. Not likely, but you know what? It's quite possible. That's what we need. Um, all right, so that was the recap from last week. Um, and so going into the weekly pickums for week four, we were all tied up. We had seven wins apiece on the picks for the first two. And now I got three wins. You got four wins. Yes, I took the lead. So, Chris, you finally have the lead I don't here. think I've ever had the lead. I'm going to say, last year I was just definitely running train for quite a long yeah. time, and now you have this lead, and I'm shaking my boots. It's getting a little nervous. <laughs> it's only one game, but I'm shaking my boots. I, I don't know what's going to happen now. I've, I've studied up. I've kind of figured out what I was doing wrong <laughs> A lot year. of study. I can guarantee yeah. that for sure. Um, so, Chris, what's the first matchup here? Um, and... Who do, you, who do you want to talk about? Let's give me the rosters. Okay, first we're going to talk about my matchup. So we got Cooking in the Woods getting chubby versus Relax. So Taylor's team, this is an 0-3 battle. Wow, we this is the game of the week. Do it. This is the game of the week. This is huge. So starting from my roster, we got Carson Wentz, Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb, Robert Woods, Will Fuller, DJ Moore, Austin Hooper. Right now I have Philip Dorsett in my flex, then Brandon Mayer as my kicker, and then the Packers defense. For Taylor's roster, he has Daniel Jones, David Johnson, Marlon Mack, Tyler Lockett, Michael Thompson, Miko Hardman, Evan Ingram, Joe Mixon, Will Lutz, and then the Steelers' defense. So kind of what I want to focus on right now is I feel like this would be a matchup that I have a shot at because he's 0-3 as well. I'm very, very scared of a lot of my matchups this week. In general, it's just my players have some tough defenses that they're playing against. Carson Wentz against Green Bay, who's been a good defense so far this year. Plus, it's on Thursday night. It's just a recipe for downhill production, unfortunately. I don't really like that. Sony Michelle against a tough Buffalo defense in Buffalo, which hasn't been, which is tough. Nick Chubb going into Baltimore, another tough matchup to play against. Um, and those are kind of the main ones, but these are some of my best players just having tough matchups, and that kind of really hurts. Yeah, I noticed that right away. You have a lot of defensive names that I would not want to be facing. Yeah. And he has the opposite. He's got he does. Washington versus Daniel Jones. And He's, Evan Ingram. And so Evan Ingram. Yeah, so double scary. bango there. He's got Ty Lockett versus Arizona. He's got Marlon Mack versus Oakland. He's got Miko Hardman versus Detroit. There's a lot of good things matchup-wise for Taylor this yeah, week. And, and as you just went down the line with yours, it's not great matchup-wise. Skill-wise of players, I think it's fairly close. Uh, but I think matchup-wise, it's looking like uh, Taylor. But um, 
what do you who would you like to pick in your matchup here, Chris? Yeah, like from the bottom of my heart, I'd love to pick myself, <laughs> but just talking about these matchup things, it's just it doesn't look like it's gonna go my way this week, unfortunately. I'm hoping if Daniel Jones can kind of take a nosedive and then things don't go as well, maybe I have a shot. That being said, I, I have to take Taylor here to beat me. That is unfortunate because I'm absolutely like taking Taylor. I was hoping you'd pick yourself in this one. But, oh, yeah, yeah, as we went over, those those matchups are not fantastic. So let's go really move on not. to the next one. Okay, we're going to do Scantling Clad, which is Stu's team, versus Trudeau's Blackface Steve. So starting for this roster, for Stu, we got Deshaun Watson, Zeke Elliott, on Johnson, Julian Edelman, Chris Godwin, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Mark Andrews, Demarcus Robinson, J- uh, Justin Tucker, Ravens defense versus Russell Wilson, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Mike Evans, Jarvis Landry, Mike Williams, Vance McDonald, Alshon Jeffrey, Harrison Butker, and then the Eagles defense. This is a, a pretty interesting matchup here. Uh, again, Steve's roster completely changing. He's looking good at 2-1. and one. Stu is also 2-1, and one, but he's riding a one-game loss streak. He also had those second lowest scoring points last week. Um, but projection-wise, Stu is supposed to be winning this one. He has decent matchups, nothing crazy. He does have Carryon Johnson versus Kansas City, and I'm expecting a really big week from Carryon Johnson yeah, I really against well. Kansas City's defense. Um, but I again, Mark Andrews versus Cleveland, I think is going to be a really good one, um, and it's going to be interesting. So I I don't know who quite yet I'm going to take. On the other end, though, Jarvis Landry versus Baltimore, I'm not loving that. I'm not loving Mike Evans versus the Rams either. I'm not loving Philip Lindsay versus Jacksonville. So. He does have Russell Wilson versus Arizona, which should pump him up. And he also has Mike Williams versus Miami's defense. And I'm sorry, I'm talking about Steve's team right now. Um, so there's pluses and minuses to both sides. Um, and really, it's it's going to be an interesting matchup here. I think I've said that about five times now. So guess what? It's going to be interesting. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Stu this week, though. Because fuck Steve Stu? for beating me last week. Yeah, that's more than fair. The two players that you highlighted, Russell Wilson versus Arizona, super juicy, and Mike Williams versus Miami, also very juicy. Those are the reasons that I'm going to take Steve's roster I here. love it. Good. We got one different. I love the difference. We need that to happen. Um, so there it is. I'm taking Stu. You're taking Steve. And again, it's an interesting matchup. It is. All right, for the next one, we got Goff and Cold Madison versus Gallup Miles to hide from Brown. That's Andrew versus Adam. We have the Battle of the Uglies. This is the two <laughs> ugliest players in our fantasy league going head-to-head. We know there's no chance that's true. Oh, it is true. So I, I wish our listeners could see my beautiful face right now. <laughs> so starting for Andrew, we got Jared Goff, Dalvin Cook, uh, Josh Jacobs, Cooper Cup, Curtis Samuel, Juju Smith-Schuster, Will Disley, Marvin Jones, Kaimi Fairburn, and then the Cowboys defense. Starting for you, Adam, we got Dak Prescott, Carlos Hyde, Justin Jackson, Adam Thielen, John Ross, Marquise Brown, Darren Waller, Miles Sanders, Jay Sly, and then Chiefs defense. Yeah, so not looking good. Um, I'm having to start Justin Jackson and Miles Sanders this week. So you know where yeah, my roster's at when that happens. It's tough, um, man. Yeah, yeah, you've had some you've had some bad breaks, unfortunately. Because I got Brenda on the bye, so I can't play him. I've got Brown not on a team, and I have Barkley out with injury. So. My other options are Gallup, who's also out with injury, and then D.D. Westbrook, who is still quite questionable with uh, Gardner Minshew being there. So really, I think I am putting my best roster on the field right now. I think you are And my best roster is not fantastic. I think you got lucky having Justin Jackson play against Miami. That's a best-case scenario. It is. I think you'll have a great game. But you're right, you're struggling. You have a a lot of tough matchups. Just in general, I think Adam Thielen, he's been performing great, but I think that's on the back of touchdowns a lot. Has to go play in Chicago, probably against the toughest in defense. In Chicago, that's, which is, that's what really sucks. It's it's tough, and you're right. You just have some players who, because of injury, you have to throw in some guys that you prefer not to throw into. It's it's not ideal. That being said, on the other side, I think a lot of Gould's players look pretty good. Cooper Cup versus Tampa Bay, I think, is a fantastic matchup for sure. Along with that stack with Jared Goff, that's going to be pretty huge. And then Marvin Jones against Kansas City, that's a pretty weak defense. So I think that can really help. If I'm going to pick here. Unfortunately, I'm, I can't take you right now. You're just you're too injury-ridden, so I'm going to have to go with Gould. For sure, and I guess we're both going against ourselves on this one because, yeah. unfortunately, it looks like I'm going one and three, and I'm taking Gould in this one as well. Hopefully, I can catch you at one and three. <sighs> I hope not. <laughs> All right, the next one we got Alex, who is Bolt Gang versus Fornicating Cousins, Danny. 
So on this matchup, we got Alex having Philip Rivers, Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, Sterling Shepard, Zach Ertz, Calvin Ridley, Steven Guskowski in the Chargers defense versus Josh Allen, Leonard Fournette, Chris Carson, T.Y. Hilton, Chris Kirk, er, Christian Kirk, Cortland Sutton, T.J. Hawkinson, Alvin Kamara, Mason Crosby, and then the Rams defense. I'm jumping on this right away. His name is Bolt Gang. The Bolts are playing Miami. Yep. I am taking Alex. I even looked. I even listened to what you had to say. I heard, I saw Philip Rivers versus Miami, which meant that all of his other players were playing Miami. I was like, yeah, okay. Going in on Alex here. Don't even know who's on Danny's team. I just know that I had him going for the Dilly. Yes. I, I should make this clear. Danny's in first place right now. Yeah. Things are looking very good, but he's making me look dumb, so I'm going with Alex on this one. I think Alex takes away um, Danny's unbeaten streak this week, and so I'm going with Alex because of Phillip Rivers and Keenan Allen go, going against Miami. As well as the Chargers defense, he has that too. So yes. that's three players, which is huge. You're right. Those are big, big players and uh, big moments there. He has Sterling Shepard against Washington, which is a great matchup. On the other side, some of the matchups, we have Josh Allen versus New England. I think that's going to be a very, very tough matchup. They haven't let uh, an offensive touchdown against them yet this year, so they're going to be in a lot of trouble. Chris Carson against Arizona, I think brighter days are ahead for him. He's going to focus. He's going to put a great uh, game on the field here, but I really don't think it's enough to beat this team, so I'm, I'm going on the same page. The bolt game against Miami is, is huge. All right, fair enough. There we go. Um, and we got two more matchups coming up. And what are they, Chris? So we got Frazier, I shower with my socks, versus Cook Baker, touchdown maker, which is Nolan. So a one and two team versus an 0 and three team. Another little bottom of the barrel matchup. Let's see what can happen here, though. We have uh, for Frazier, Matt Ryan, Derek Henry, David Montgomery, Julio Jones, Larry Fitzgerald, Odell Beckham, OJ Howard, Royce Freeman, and Jake Elliott. He does not currently have his starting defense. Did he pick one up yet? Yeah, he has. He has Jaguars defense versus Denver. That seems like it'd be a pretty decent yeah, start. So I that assume that's what he's going to toss in there. But who knows? Yeah, I think that's what I would do. And then on the other side, we have Matt Stafford, Peyton Barber, James Conner, Josh Gordon, Devontae Adams, Brandon Cooks, Travis Kelsey, Tyler Boyd, uh, Robbie Gould, who's on by right now. I'm sure he's not worried about that. He'll just pick someone up. And then the Bears defense. Looking across here, I I'm not a fan of of uh, Nolan's roster just in general right now. I think his two top picks are just in a tough situation with Javante Adams and James Conner. So hopefully they can turn it around, but especially maybe Devonte Adams versus Philly. Their, their secondary has been pretty suspect, but it's a Thursday night. Those are usually the lower scoring games. James Conner versus Cincinnati, another weak defense, so maybe that can go the right way for him, but we'll see. I think Frazier's in I just like I actually don't hate Frazier's team in general. I think he has a pretty good team. He has a very solid roster, that's yeah. for sure. He's got some tough defensive matches here too. He has Tennessee for two of his players. He has Baltimore, so that's not ideal. But I still think uh, I'm going to have to take Frazier here. Yeah, I, I am as well. It seems like Nolan is kind of starting off where he left off last year. He's currently 0 and 3. Looks right goal. now like he might be going 0 and 4. He's not going to be happy about this situation for him. There's not a lot of great matchups. He does have Stafford versus Kansas City, which can help him, but that's only one great matchup that he has. The rest of them are pretty difficult. Fraser has just generally better players, I think, too. I think so, too, yeah. If Devonta Adams can show up against Philadelphia on Thursday, which would be actually hilarious because Nolan's favorite team is Philadelphia. So he'd be pumped because Devontae Adams is finally doing something, but then if it's against his team, yeah, that could be a tough situation. So um, I am going to go with Fraser in this match as well. I think he just has a little bit better upside with his players, and Nolan's been struggling. All right, now we got a big heavy hitter matchup to end it off here. we got Brandon walking over to my homies versus Golden Girls, which has been... Two high-scoring teams. It's a 3-0 team versus a 2-1 team who is putting up monster points. So for Brandon, we got Patrick Mahomes, Frank Gore, Todd Gurley, Sammy Watkins, Tyrell Williams, Kenny Galladay, Greg Olson, DJ Chark, Zane Gonzalez in the Vikings defense. Starting for Ben, we have Aaron Rodgers, LaShawn McCoy, Mark Ingram, DeAndre Hawkins, Amari Cooper, Terry McLaurin, Darren, uh, Delaney Walker, sorry, Austin Eckler, Greg Zerline, and then the Texans defense. Well, he's got Eckler versus Miami for yeah. Ben, so that's always a very big positive. Um, I think he's got McLaurin versus the Giants defense, which is also another positive thing, a new player to his roster. Um, and the rest is like fine, it's decent. He's got McCoy versus Detroit. Uh, seems like Damian's not going to play, so McCoy will get a lot of carries again. He had the 20 points last week. Could happen again. Um, and then on the other side there, 
it's it's interesting because there's a lot of trades in between these two guys last week yeah and now they're playing against each other so it'll be super cool to see whether the trade works out this week for them or not um i i'm not sure who i'm picking i have kind of said the the game of the week was that first one with the zero and three teams going at it but really if you're actually going for like a competitive like awesome game yeah, powerhouse this is up, the yeah. powerhouse game of the week for sure with Brandon three and zero, and then Ben somehow two and one, but he had that one hundred ninety-seven point performance. Going to be a great week. Not sure who I'm picking yet. Do you know, Chris? It's it's frustrating because I if I were Ben, I see why he wants to start uh, Aaron Rodgers versus Philly's defense because Philly's past secondary they've been very suspect. But it just scares me playing them on Thursday nights, and I don't think Lamar Jackson versus Cleveland is a bad matchup. I would switch that out, and then I'd feel a lot more confident in taking Ben. I'm still going to take Ben, though, here. I've been going back and forth in my mind about it as well because just Patrick Mahomes against Detroit is just huge, right? That's a big one in my mind. That's all I really care about when I look at uh, Brandon's roster. But I just I don't think it's enough to take down this superstar roster. It's so good. Yeah, and I am going to actually expect a big bounce-back week for Sammy Watkins. Yeah, he had that giant 37-point so week in Week 1 versus Jacksonville. Oh, I remember. Last two weeks have been pretty low, under the 10-point mark. I think they get him involved again, and with the Mahomes and Watkins stack, it might be enough to take him over. Galladay against Kansas City as well. Yeah, that's good. I, I'm going to go with Brandon on this one. Right, I'm going to go with the then. Warlock. I want more difference. I want some more parity here. Ben could absolutely win this, but I am liking what I'm seeing with Brandon's side, and especially if he's not going to start Lamar. I hope he doesn't switch it now. I'm going with Brandon. So is that too different now for us this that week? That is too different this week. So I could actually, you if I get pass. both of them right, yeah. I could actually pass it here, which would be pretty That'd awesome. Be devastating. But I could also dig myself into a bigger hole if it goes the opposite direction. Yeah, so we'll see, I guess. So I guess that's going to be wrapping it up for us this week, guys. Again, thanks for listening. It was a, another fantastic show. Always fun to do this. Adam, do you have any uh, last points you want to make? Um, my last point is I'm hoping for the best for the squad. Um, I hope you all enjoyed listening. The, the podcast is really actually starting to heat up, getting a lot of listens. We're absolutely loving it. We, we enjoy doing it. It's always a blast. And even if nobody listened, well, maybe not nobody, if maybe five people listened, we would yeah, still, still do, do this damn thing. Yeah, but it's, it's a great time. So... Hopefully you listen this week. Hopefully you listen again next week. Go back and listen to them. Love all you boys. Fuck you, Brandon.